I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Great to have you here on this Monday. And one of the questions, sometimes an accusation, of the pro-life movement uh, is around the issue of what happens after the baby's born, you know? Do you care about the mother as much as you do the child? Uh, Do you care about the child as they're growing up? Well, the answer is uh, clear and resounding yes. Uh, And, you know, the the people that work on the other side of birth don't get the the media attention that those who are fighting on uh, in you know the womb side of birth and so you maybe get this misperception but we're going to straighten some of that out today because you're going to yeah. meet someone who has been helping mothers uh, who most are in poverty uh, after they have the children she's been doing this for years uh, she mm-hmm. has a book out that uh, tells her story and what she does it's called beyond her yes and it is written by marisol maldonado rodriguez uh, and I just want you, I want you to hear the work she's doing and why she's doing it and, and how we can all actually support and some of you maybe even get involved in, in solving this issue. She says that women in poverty are targeted for abortions. So if you want to stop abortion, let's help the women in poverty. Marisol, great to have you on Life Today Life. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. So. Give us a little bit of just information on what you do sort of on a, on a day-to-day basis, what the ministry of the Renew Life Center is. Well, Renew Life Center partners with pregnancy resource centers to provide additional support through education and mentoring to the women who have chosen life. And we're also a partner with the church. So for the church, we are we are a vehicle through which the church can get involved in helping these women after they made that choice for life. So predominantly, like I said, it's education because we know that education is the foundation of everything um, to help us get ahead in life. Uh, But specifically, we're educating them in the root causes of poverty, Mm -hmm. because when you come from generational poverty, it's important to understand why you're there. You've been there for your family's been there for generations. You need to understand why that happened, how it happened and what it is that you need to do to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, you're up in uh, the northern part of New Jersey, uh, but, you know, the, the cycles are the same no matter where you are. What, That's correct. What do you what do you see in these women when they come in for help with you guys? Oh, well, you know what I see are women that had a hope, had a dream. Maybe the dream was to be the first person in her family to go to college mm-hmm. or the first person to have a career, you know, and oftentimes that pregnancy, that unexpected baby is um now your obstacle to achieving that dream, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, and what we want women to understand is that it doesn't have to be that way. With the right support and the right mentoring, you can have your baby and you can attain that dream you had of graduating high school, going to college, having a career or whatever the dream was. It is possible if you have the support around you to make it to make it possible, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's what we want them to see, that it's not one or the other. You can have both. How, how many times have you seen this work out successfully? 
lot of times. <laughs> wow, I was just talking about earlier. I was just talking about it earlier. You know, women come in and when you tell them there are, you know, you do have options. Because here's the thing. Oftentimes when you come from poverty, you don't see the options available to you. And, and if you do see them, you're afraid to take advantage of them because you're so afraid of failure and rejection and so many things that you're afraid to put yourself out there. But when you have a group of people that surround you and say, no, we are here with you to walk alongside you as you go through this process and as you did this, as you do this, guess what? There's courage and it's easier to be courageous in a group yeah. than to be by yourself. Yeah. Right. So I see it work more often than not. You know, I've seen this morning, I was just talking about several of our ladies who came to us homeless, jobless, pregnant, multiple children, and now are in careers, you know, where they're, they're, they're in management and they're in careers making money, more money than they've ever made in their life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, it may not be enough for you and me, but for them, it's a big deal, you know, so. Well, and for, for their kids as well, they're taking care of their children. Absolutely. Well, this work is generational. So this is the beauty of it is that we're not just helping one mom or one baby. We're helping families for generations to mm -hmm. come because information, knowledge, wisdom, all these things are transferred generationally in your family. And that's what causes the divide because as middle-class people, just our children, just growing up in our home, they picked up so many skills mm -hmm. that aren't taught to them. It's caught because they're just growing up in that environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're growing up with all these skills that is preparing them to be a success. When you come from a home where all you've done, your family's ever done is survive, for generations, that's the skill set that is passed on to you, mm. our survival skill sets. So how do you take survival skill set and use that in the professional world? Doesn't work, mm. right? It doesn't work. So what we do with women is that we give them the skill set that is beyond survival. Survival skill set is good. I mean, it's good to have that. <laughs> you know, you never know when you're going to need it. Right. But you need to have another skill set as well so you can operate in the professional world, be it education or in the in the workforce mm -hmm. you need those skills so when, when we look at poverty um obviously it's circumstantial you know you're born you're born into poverty you didn't do anything to put yourself there it's just where you were born but i think in a lot of cases it's a mindset as well absolutely how, absolutely how, how much how much is the mindset how much is the circumstance well, you know, it, it's a little of both, but the mindset builds on the circumstance. Yeah. It is definitely a mindset. And um, that's what we try to do is shift someone's mindset from always being thinking about survival, yeah. you know, always thinking about how do I get through today? How do I pay the rent this month? How do I do this for now? Mm -hmm. To thinking, how, do, how can I do this every month, every year for the rest of my life? Right. Yeah. So it is absolutely a mindset. And um, I grew up in generational poverty. So um, I'm speaking for myself that um, I had a mindset that needed shifting. Well, needed yeah. Shifting. And, and I, I'm fascinated. I mean, you talk about that in, in your book, Beyond Your Yes. But what get, tell us a little bit about what that looked like for you. Well, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have a workshop called Getting Ahead to teach to shift my mindset. But what I did have was a caring church family. Mm -hmm. So here I am growing up, I'm one of five daughters to a single mom mm -hmm. in, a, in a church. And this was this was by no means a mega church with a lot of money. This was a very poor storefront church that had maybe a couple of families that we, we would consider um, middle class. And um, all it took was for someone in my congregation or multiple people really of the congregation to take note. First of all, take note of my mother, 
take note of her circumstances, come alongside her. How can you help this single mom with five daughters? You know, how can you, um, the women at the church helped my mother open a bank account, taught her about savings, you know, taught her about um, social services programs she could take advantage, advantage of to help her children. But then other people in a congregation came around me and said, hey, Marisol, you graduated high school. What are you going to do now? And you know what my response was? I don't know. I really didn't know. There was no plan. There was no vision. There was no dream. There was nothing because when you come from the background I come from, you don't do that. Mm. Nobody does that, mm. you know? So I wasn't even a no, I didn't know I was allowed to dream. So when someone came alongside me and asked me that question, I said, I don't know. At least this person said, well, you don't have a plan, but uh, let me help you. I know they're hiring over here. Maybe, you, you know, in the computer field, maybe you could apply over here. And this gentleman set me in a almost 20 year professional in the IT field where I made a lot of money simply because he noticed, he asked, he cared. So let me tell you, help me find out. He helped me write the resume, uh, wrote me a letter of recommendation, drove me to the interview, coached me on the way, sat in the car waiting for me to. So this was the investment that someone just like that did. And it changed my life forever. And it changed the life of my children forever. So this is the power of that the church has, that Christians have when we just notice people, ask questions, and how can you how can you use your resources to better the life of someone else? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it. Why did he do that? Do you know? I honestly don't know, but I thank him. And let me tell you something. He found out about my book on um, Facebook and he purchased it. <laughs> and now he volunteers here. Oh, wow. No, that... And now he volunteers here. So it's um, it's amazing. Well, you know, and, and when when you think about, you know, Christianity, and I, I know that there's, there's the spectrum of, you know, what, what that is and what, but to me, this is what it looks like. This this is showing the love of Christ on a very granular, granular, uh, you know, a day to day kind of very practical level. Um, I mean, it was he was a part of the church. I'm assuming that that is part of his motivation, if not all of it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 also is that the way my mom and her children were embraced without judgment? Mm -hmm. You know, she knew she knew her life was a mess. She knew. You know, her choices weren't very good. We didn't need to remind her of that. You know, Um, she was very much she carried the shame on her. And let me tell you, that shame just passed on to the children, Mm. because oftentimes growing up, I felt ashamed that I didn't have a father. I felt ashamed that me and my sisters had different last names. There was a lot of shame involved in that. And they don't need to go to church and get more shame. You know, they need to go to church and learn about the love of God, salvation through Jesus Christ, and then having that family surround you. So you don't have to keep making bad decisions just to survive. You know, when you have more choices, you can make better decisions. Oh, you know, I just, I I love, I love the heart of that uh, because nobody's, you know, affirmed, anybody in their poverty or in their sin, but just help give you a helping hand out of it without the condemnation. I mean, you know, we all know John three sixteen. the very next verse, 317 says Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And, and when I see, when I, you know, hear your story, I say, okay, here is someone who came in, like you said, without the condemnation, you didn't need that. Maybe you already, you know, but said, Hey, look, Here's here's how we're gonna get you out. Here's how's we're gonna how we're gonna save you and your children from this generational poverty. Uh, to me, that is 
that just exemplifies Christ right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know what? They made sure that um, her children knew Jesus and strengthened her faith in the Lord. So it's just not as the church leading people to eternal life, but also leading them to a life that is abundant here on earth, you know, and I'm not talking money abundant, but just, just being able to be self-sufficient, you know, just being able to provide for yourself, even at the most modest level, yeah. you know, I think is what um, we should be able to do to give people that dignity, you know, that, that yeah. you get from that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard when you, when you're wondering where your next meal comes from. I mean, it does put you in the survival mode. I mean, there, there's, right. that, that's not just a mindset. That's a reality for a lot of people and, and abundance put you in a position to then give to help others right. uh so yes. I, I i absolutely love it um when when we do this um you know helping helping a single mother uh, helping with the skills um what you you've seen how many children do you have i'm curious i have four you have four so contrast sort of what you grew up in with what your children grew up in because i'm guessing it's night and day it is night and day. And it's funny because, um, well, I have three boys and one girl. So you can imagine the boys gave me a run for my money, right? <laughs> so, you know, uh, my my kids heard it all the time. My kids heard it all the time. I clawed myself out of the ghetto to give you a better life. <laughs> you know, when my sons come home and they want to wear the pants drooping down below their, their waist, you know, like the saggy pant thing that yeah. the urban kids do. Yeah. I was like, pull those pants up. <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm like, pull those pants up. Like, that's where I grew up. And I, I clawed myself out of there to give you a better life so you would be respected. So it, it's like my my children's life is so different than mine. And I am so proud to say that because, um, you know, I made it to high school. I went to college a couple of years, but it's a little known fact that first generation college students from generational poverty oftentimes don't finish college. And I was one of those because you just you don't fit in. You don't understand the mindset. You just you're such an outsider when you go there. And that's how I felt. I had no connections. I mean, joining a sorority. What is a sorority? Who does that? Like that is such a foreign thing, you know, but my children, I'm so proud to say out of my four children, I have four college grad. I have two college graduates. I have a Marine, you know, and, um, and I have a son who initially was so funny. He broke my heart. He, he left, he dropped out of college after the first semester to become a waiter. And, um, you know, it was like uh, a stab in the heart, but let me tell you today, that young man has become one of the most popular event planners, restaurant managers in nice. the state of New Jersey. Nice. I mean, it's sought after to do events all over the country, but um, it's like he knew better than I do. So college isn't for everybody. Yeah. And that's not the yeah. only way to be success, right. but he found his own way. If we give, see, here's the thing. If we give a kid the support and the love, whether college or not, they'll find their way. And this is what we want for these women to choose that choose life, right? We want them to choose life. Now, what is that baby's life going to be like? Is he going to be raised in a ghetto? Are there gunshots around? Um, does the hallway where he lives smell like marijuana? Um, are, are his closest male role models the street gang, the street gang members? Yeah. You know, so we really got to think of you know, what does it look like afterwards for them? And I do think we bear some kind of responsibility in that, especially when we're on the sidewalk telling them, um, and you know what, it's never okay to abort a baby, even if it's gonna grow up in that environment. But once we intervene, 
I, I think that we owe them more than that, you know, yeah. and I think it's such a huge opportunity for the church to step in to share Christ by helping them through that. You have the opportunity to share Christ. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love it. Uh, your, your whole perspective, I think, is just spot on. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I guess people that are giving you the amens and the, this is true, inspiring, you know, you got your cheering section online right now, but for okay. someone who is watching this going, I, I want to, I want to make a difference like she is, where do they, where do they start? Well, you know, several ways I'll give you a bunch of, first of all, find out if you want to make a difference in this area, you know, go on Google and find your local pregnancy resource center. I think there's a website called optionline.org that if you put in your zip code, it gives you all of the pregnancy center that are closest to you. I would say stop by, mm. um, make an appointment, get a, get, bring your, bring your church friends with you, you know, and, and get a tour, find out what they're doing, find out where where their needs are you know do they need more volunteers look volunteers make ministries like mine and the pregnancy center possible you know find out what kind of volunteers they need find out if they need financial resources right find out hey do you have a ministry partner that goes beyond the care that a pregnancy center does kind of like a renew life center if there isn't one Hey, how about you explore what it is that you need to do to maybe start something like that in your area? Yeah. You don't need hundreds of thousands of dollars. You do you do need people who care and are passionate about it to get involved. You know, I think it's a great ministry opportunity for the church. You know, if you have Catholic listeners, I know the at least the Archdiocese of Patterson over here starting a, a program called Walking with Moms in Need. And they're rolling this out to all their parishes to help their congregations get involved in women that with women that choose life. And it wouldn't be wonderful if evangelical yeah. did something similar like that. Yeah. You know, let's all it's really many hands make light work. You know, it's we don't expect every church to do everything, but if everyone did something, mm -hmm. it would change generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, down down south here. Uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and they have a crisis pregnancy center. Um, but we also, I also grew up with a little bit of those Catholics over there, you know, mm -hmm. and I've gotten to know some Catholics, uh, and that love Jesus and they're doing the work. And I mm -hmm. think it would actually, you could, you could, you could do two things at once. If, you, if you're Catholic and you've never, you like, you know, those separated brethren over there, go volunteer at the at the Southern Baptist Crisis Pregnancy Center near you. And if you're evangelical, go to the Catholic one. You'll actually do two things at the same time. You'll learn to love people that you you haven't really known very well, and it'll it'll expand your mind. I think in a positive way. You won't agree on everything. Yeah. That's fine. But then you also you'll 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 show some unity. I mean, well, you know what is it? Jesus said, and and John the uh, the disciple uh, allegedly said for like. The last years of his life was love one another i think we start mm -hmm. loving one another we will be so much better equipped to then love mm -hmm. the people in the community that need it the most so i yeah i love that also by the way i want to show people your book again this is beyond her yes by marisol maldonado rodriguez and when you buy this book which you go online and just you'll, you'll find it or you can go actually to the website to renew life center nj new jersey.org when you buy that you will be helping to support the outreach that Marisol does. So if you're wondering what can I do, you can do that today. And yeah, buy, buy five or ten of them and 
take them down to your local crisis pregnancy center and just say, hey, here's a book that's wonderful. Yeah. And keep one Share it with up. your yeah. pastor. Share it with your pastor. Yeah. All sorts of great yeah. things. Yeah. La- last question, because, you know, you, you're uh, um, up not too far from New York City. You know, you're in, in a very uh, Democrat-leaning area, which uh, is pro-abortion as a, as a party platform. So I'm, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to dig into the politics here, but to say that you're you're in an area where it's not like down here where abortion mm-hmm. is much more favored up there in, in your region. Um, do you see a, a changing of hearts and minds? Because that's, I think, the only way we're ever going to win this pro-life battle. Do you see a changing of hearts and minds when you do the hard work of loving people like you guys are? Yeah, you know, you absolutely do because um, I accidentally, when I when I wrote this book, what I accidentally did was make friends with some, even Christians, who are pro-choice hmm. um, because they are all, um, they're like, oh, finally, someone is doing something after the woman chooses life, <laughs> you know, right. and um and that's great. So, so I've made friends with those folks and I, and people like, well, do you have them volunteering? Well, yes, in certain capacities, because guess what? Now they're surrounded by people who are a hundred percent pro-life committed to the cause. And I know they're learning from it. I know that they, um, their, their thoughts of what the pregnancy resource center is, because especially since that Roe v. Wade was overturned, mm-hmm. pregnancy resource center, especially in, in my area, in the Northeast have, have been under attack. Yeah, you know, literally. Yeah. They're they're doing newspaper articles and television interviews saying how we miss uh, we we spread um, misinformation, medical information that is incorrect, and so forth. And it is absolutely not true. So when you have those people inside your center, seeing how we love, mm-hmm. how we truly respect each woman, how we don't judge. Um, how our information is 100% accurate, then it's changing minds and hearts right there too. You know, um, so I, I just hope, you know, I don't know what God is going to use this book for, but I really hope he uses it to number one, rouse the church up to say, you know, let's get up and let's get out and let's do something. And I hope it it kind of speaks to those Christians who, for whatever reason, have this pro-choice view. Mm. I hope it, it speaks to them, and I hope they get involved as well, so they can see the truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, of, and, what, of what pro life is. I, I know you're speaking loudest to the to the women who come in there. Most of them hopeless, uh, no future, no vision. Uh, you, you're giving that that that. I mean, you know, without that hope and the vision for the future, people they they won't. They're just barely surviving. Some of them won't survive, but but they they don't have. Uh, they they just they don't have purpose and meaning and, and I mean you're giving people something that you just almost mm. you can't fully uh, identify in the sense that I mean you can't really explain it it's 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 so beyond uh, you know just the words it's it's life I mean it's it's I, I'm having a hard time expressing it because you're giving something oh. more than just uh, a political idea or a handout. I mean, you're you're giving them a hope and a future, and that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, it is, and um, and and it's worth gold. You know, what yeah. price do you put on that? Right. You know, what price do you do that? And let me tell you, as when you grow up in poverty, even as a child, you have hope. You know, I I remember times when I had hope, but that hope gets squashed pretty mm. quick. 
mm. you know, and to have someone come alongside you and restore that hope. And um, it's it's a priceless thing because you cannot you you're not going to accomplish anything in life significant if you don't have hope first, hope that things can be better, you yeah. know, hope that I can be a part of a bigger part of society. You know, um, you know, I, I read a statistic one time that people in poverty usually live within an eight block radius of their home. Eight blocks, okay? Um, they don't venture out. Why? Because it's scary out there. Oh, you know, yeah. those people are different. You know, they talk different. They look different. They think different. Am I accepted there? Do they like me? We all want to be liked, right? So, so to get people to feel comfortable enough to break that eight block barrier and go somewhere else is, um, is freeing. Yeah. It's freedom. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I want to add something because when people want to get involved, they're like, well, uh, I, I don't know if I have anything to offer. Wow. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, my goodness, you have things to offer, you know, besides just offering Christ. But these women, they need love and compassion and they need friendship and they need to feel less isolated. And hey, if you're a mom, they could use some of your advice and and um, they just need, you know, they don't need experts to come in here. <clears throat> Excuse me with some kind of agenda to do something, they need relationships, yeah. you know? And and um, and if you're a mom and you ever help your son or daughter get a driver's license, that's the kind of help these ladies need. Yeah. Getting a driver's license, filling out an application, um, mm -hmm. coaching her on making a phone call to inquire about a job, you know? Uh, it, so there's so much that we have to offer. Just our day-to-day -day living experience are the things that she needs to learn. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. Uh, and, and I love that the world can, can see that, you know, yeah, we do care about the mothers. We do care about the children afterwards. Cause I mean, we didn't even talk about all the needs of, of the children who are born and, and mm. there's so much that every, everyday people can do things, you know, picking the child up, get, getting them their, mm. their school supplies. I mean, there's just, there, there's a lot of room, a lot of room for love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for exemplifying that. Marisol, I appreciate your time today. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? No, I just want to thank you and I want to thank your audience and I want to encourage them to get a copy of that book and see how it inspires you. Hopefully it will to take action in this area. And um, yeah, yeah thanks we again. can make a difference. You're, you're doing it. You're showing us yeah. how to make a difference. Anybody can do it. Anybody <laughs> can do it. That's exactly right. I appreciate you so much. Appreciate you guys watching. I want to show you the website. For the Renew Life Center, New Jersey. Looks just like that. There's the URL, renewlifecenternj.org. And of course, Marisol's book is available. It's called Beyond Her Yes. Appreciate you guys out there. Let's do it. We can change this world one life at a time. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today. Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.